Welcome to the next episode of It's Gonna Be Okay. Uh, I have uh, Corey Jacob tonight as my uh, guest. <laughs> yeah. And um, I mean, we've, we're, we're friends, right? Yeah, we're yeah, friends. Okay. Yeah, that's why I'm here. <laughs> I was here to tell you that I'm your friend, actually. <laughs> It was, we were in a gray area, so now we know. And now uh, I, no, okay, see yeah. You later. Now with this is this has been the initiation of the friendship. Um, you got to see like all my wonderful um, toys and my setup, and yeah, you ripped off a tag on one of your yeah. Your well, stuffies. I mean, this this one, you know, he's brand new, but he was initiated today. I, I bring him out to socialize, you know, so that we have something to talk about when I go home. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah, yeah. Recap the day. I get it. Just like having a significant other's yeah, yeah. open relationship. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's not that open. <laughs> no, we're, we're all here together. Uh, <laughs> I brought you here, Corey, because I know that, um, you know, uh, we've spoken about uh, your, uh, your past. Um, obviously, you talk about, you know. Uh, suicide and you brought me like here because I'm messed up and damaged. No, that's not why. I, I don't think you're I messed it. up and damaged at all. I don't think. I don't think so at all. Um, Corey is a stand-up comedian um, and an actor. Yeah. And um, did you have anything else you wanted to tell <laughs> the audience? Uh, well, I would say that. Uh, so what's the what's the title of your podcast? Oh, it's gonna be okay. It's gonna be okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, I actually, grew, growing up, I wanted to be an actor, like, performer. I kind of wanted to be a Mickey Mouse Club guy. It's kind of like, I saw it, I'm like, I can do that. But um, I was 19 when my brother took his life. And then after that happened, I was like, you know what? Life's so short. I'm going to live my dreams. I'm going to move to move to California from Wisconsin and pursue acting and comedy. Like, you only get one life, you know, live it up, do, uh, do what you can. Yeah. Well, well, did so that? So if my brother didn't kill himself, I probably wouldn't be here. Thanks, <laughs> oh thanks Nick. God. Thanks for killing yourself. Oh my God! If my brother didn't kill himself, I wouldn't be here. Yeah. Um. You know, I've heard something similar uh, from other people I've interviewed, where uh, they say that it takes a traumatic event as a you know a, a catalyst, yeah. almost you know, to kind of like edge you over to doing something that you would have no you wouldn't have normally done. Um, it's, you know, I'm not saying that it's, it's unfortunate, but it's also fortunate in a way, you know, where silver lining. Yeah. Yeah. The, every silver lining in every cloud. I mean, I think <laughs> everybody wants their death to inspire people, right? Um, I, <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, okay. Look, I, <laughs> I, yes and yes and yes no. And yes and, and no. I'm I wouldn't, joking. you know, I wouldn't want um, my death to inspire somebody else to kill themselves, you know, oh, like no, that. Not at all. <laughs> but I feel like sometimes uh, that's that's kind of like uh, where some people go, you know, they're like, yeah, you know, I mean, if you take it to a really dark place, there are people who look at like really tragic moments and and they think, yeah, I could do that, too, for me, you know, like, I oh, mean, yeah, of course. I feel like it's almost like when you see, uh, uh, like you see serial killer documentaries. I'm not like into it, but I always read about how people build up that kind of like cult fan base, you know. And and that had me thinking for a while. Um, if Charles Manson was in our era, <laughs> he would have a podcast too. <laughs> Oh yeah, he'd have a huge following. <laughs> he'd try to legitimize. I don't know. I don't know why I was. I was thinking about that on the way over here. Uh, <laughs> Charlie's friend zone or something. Yeah, yes. Sure. Charlie's friend zone or like um, 
what did he have? He had like a, a farm or a uh, a, co- a cowboy a commune, ranch. like kind of like a commune. Yeah, he had yeah. like a. I mean, it's only, I mean, it's not any different than like uh, Scientology, Dianetics right. to that extent. But this isn't what this is about. This is not a cult following. Uh, not yet. We, it's gonna be the cult no. of Carissa. Everyone's gonna follow her. And- <laughs> heal themselves I, yes through, uh, and I, I i at least want people to you know take some sort of um i don't know initiative to not feel so um like awkward. alone yeah, yeah you're not alone feel, lots yeah. of people are going through stuff and um, yeah yeah everything can get better at to any some second extent, yeah, it, yeah. It, it, it everything is always in flux and I, I think there's like this constant need to pressure people to be happy all the time that that I think is what brings makes people depressed. You know, when you're not like allowed to be yourself, and then just kind of like, oh, I need time alone, or oh, I need to vent, or oh, I need this, I need this space. You know, it is just there's always kind of like a, a people don't allow that to happen until a real catastrophe happens, and then they always say, well, what led up to that moment? You know, yeah, it hits them too hard if you let it build up. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think it's definitely healthy to spend time alone and be alone with your thoughts, dark or dark or not. Like if you're going through a dark phase, to just really think about why that's happening, what actions you've done, and and just how you can be better. And um, you know, that without the lows, there aren't the highs. <laughs> it's kind of like right now with the summer. You know, without the summer, there's not going to be precipitation, and you can't uh, enjoy the cold. Yeah, seasons um, of uh, emotion. <laughs> seasons of emotion i don't i i'm tougher than that i don't have seasonal depression i have all year depression oh that's nice that's <laughs> at least you know what's gonna happen yeah every day every day all day i um, used to get seasonal depression really bad uh living in wisconsin the winters are like negative 30 40 with a wind chill and i would get so depressed every winter and wisconsin is a huge drinking state mm-hmm. like if you look up the top 20 is it for that reason alone it, may, uh, it might be not for that reason alone but it's definitely part of it uh in the winter people just stay in their house and get drunk or like walk to the bar and get drunk but a lot of a lot of drinking in wisconsin all the time but mm-hmm. um yeah, I was talking to somebody that went to Seattle uh, about a week ago or something like that, and she said that she she legitimately saw a guy uh, do a line of cocaine on the on the street and then have an OD afterwards, like immediately after they started ODing on the floor, and then she was like, "I gotta get out of here," <laughs> and I was like, "Holy crap!" I said seeing that alone would make you want to kill yourself. You know what I mean? I think because we know that Seattle is like a suicide capital of the world. Is it? Yeah. Wow, it's like the Mecca if you want to commit suicide. Yeah, pretty much. There, people yeah. people go there to traverse to to just to kill themselves, you know. Okay. Besides, um, probably, I think... Golden Gate Bridge, I would assume. No, not the goal. I think maybe that might be third. I think a lot of people that want to kill themselves don't want to go anywhere. They just yeah, kind of want to they kill just themselves do it, where they yeah, are. They yeah, they do it where not they, they like are. Plan a trip. Like, oh, wouldn't it be nice if I yeah. killed myself over here? Unless, unless you had money, then you would go to uh, perform euthanasia in... Uh, in the where what it's a it's a nordic city a nordic city a nordic okay. country um i'm trying to think it's it's a dutch yeah that's country. like when you have so much uh, money you're like you know what someone else kill me yeah 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 i'll, yeah, I'll no, have I, somebody else I'm do sure. it for me we can plan yeah. it can be beautiful take all the um, money i don't care about my family <laughs> they don't love me that's why i'm doing this yeah exactly take my money exactly but um yeah so you talk about your brother um on stage very direct <laughs> yeah i talk i mean um 
depending on how long of a set I do, uh, I normally, if I do like a 10 minute set, I'll do three, four minutes usually on him. If I do like 20 minutes, I'll do like maybe five, seven, mm -hmm. but I have a lot of material about, about my brother taking his life, um, because it's shaped me a lot as a person. And also I think people need to talk about mental health issues and get more comfortable accepting death. Yeah. And I've had people get mad at me too, uh, for like talking about death and you know, sometimes it, once in a while, it totally bombs. Yeah. And most, a lot of the time, it crushes, though. <laughs> um, I, I got to get better, like, with adjusting it to the temperature of the room. Because mm -hmm. if some people don't want to talk about it or aren't comfortable, you know, you can ease into it in different ways. You don't have, just have to hit them over the head, like, yeah. with being so aggressive about it. Um, yeah. I've spoken about um, my attempted suicide, uh, my failed ones, at least. And people get, you know kind of disappointed uh that i'm talking about it and i'm like would you want me to succeed i don't know yeah. <laughs> i don't know you, is that why you're upset like i don't understand why i'll try right now I'll yeah 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 this mic yeah. this little uh mic cord right yeah. here yeah and it's just it's just so it's so weird the way we see you know i think it kind of goes back to that that idea that we have to be happy being alive but it's like some people didn't choose to be on this planet you know some people weren't raised in that environment where you know your parents loved you or something like that like you there was always a condition to why you existed you know um it was never like oh yeah this baby we planned it you know we yeah. want her to be here this really know? sad sperm was the uh you know like the quickest yeah. The quickest sperm still didn't want to be here. The whole batch, nobody wanted to be here. Yeah, but yeah. I don't, it's just, it just blows my mind when people are, are upset. As if, as if we kind of walk around, you know, with, uh, or people kind of walk around with like blinders on without realizing, yeah, some people are fucking miserable in life just because you aren't, motherfucker, you know? Yeah. Well, I think it's funny when people say mentally ill. Um, like, I personally, I would say I've been mentally ill, mm -hmm. but I like to think of it as not that I'm sick, that like ill meaning good, like I'm ill. Oh, like, like you the illest? Like, like a gangster? Yeah, yeah, yeah I yeah, think yeah. differently. I think it's good to think differently. And, um, you know, you're just talking about how everybody thinks we have to be happy and all that. Um, I mean, most people just think the same thoughts as other people and don't yeah. think for themselves. And that's, I think that's more of a mental illness than digging through your own personal stuff and your personal demons and right you know. i think i think the illness is other people's perception yeah that's yeah. it's other people's perception because they're not taking into account that not everybody thinks alike yeah you know and that's and okay yeah that's totally, exactly that's what makes the world a great a great place yeah but you know the, the people who have made the world the you know had the most impact are the people who have thought differently and taken chances in doing that exactly but so. you know we live in uh we live in uh, i think uh all these artists from um from the 50s had that commentary about uh mass production they want humans to be mass produced too especially the way we think they want our thoughts to be mass produced. oh yeah i mean it's, you know uh, we're like if you're not if you're not falling in line you know you gotta get you gotta, pink floyd made a song about it you know uh, all you all, all all of you are all just a brick in the wall. That's essentially what they want us to do. They want us to fall oh, in yeah, line, of course. you know, and and in not falling in line, especially when it comes to happiness <laughs> and the way we regulate our emotions. That deviates from the norm and anything that deviates is what considered an illness. Yeah. You know, but I, I, I have a different uh, approach to what illness is. Um, it's usually something that causes you distress, 
You know, if you feel debilitated by it, those are the confines of what a real illness is. is I think that's a good, uh, simple definition. Yeah. And and then also you can catch yourself easily of just like, hey, you know, you're not feeling so good. Yeah. Change it somehow. Yeah, exactly. Eat better food. Go exercise. Exactly. Read a book. Yeah, and some people they they don't know this. They're like, oh yeah, that and and this is what com- this was what makes talking about mental health so incredibly challenging is because people are so quick to give that label. You know, if something's different, oh yeah, that person's mentally ill, or yeah, that person's fucking crazy, or yeah, they're like they they're not one in the same thing. They're completely different. Yeah, and talking about it takes away the power of it too. Of like, yeah, it, it doesn't constrict you if you if you're talking about it, you're aware of it, and then releasing yeah. the pressure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly, exactly. That's exactly what it is. Um, we solved it. <laughs> no, we're not coming up with cures. <laughs> we're just making everybody feel good about it. Um, so I know um, how how has your uh, besides besides the fact that your brother was a catalyst in you coming out here to Los Angeles to pursue your dreams um, when he was alive was was there you know, like a camaraderie that, you know, cause you said, or you've had, you've had dreams of just even being an actor in general. That was before he killed himself or. Uh, yeah. I mean, just growing up, I, like I was the middle child, so I was ignored. Uh, so a lot of times I would do impressions of like SNL characters or like imitate funny people. I saw like relatives, anybody interesting. I would kind of just perform for my family all the time to mm-hmm. get attention and uh, to the point of being annoying. <laughs> Um, so it was, it was, always something that, you know, I thought about doing, but, um, you know, how it is, you get stuck in, like my dad had a home improvement business, roofing and siding mm-hmm. and it was kind of, and his dad did it. So it's kind of like, you know, you're expected to do certain things or yeah. I worked for him for a while and it's like, you know, you go down a path and you're like, oh, this is the easy path or this is what's expected. And then you're like, but I really don't want to do that. I don't want to do that for 30 or 40 years, you know? Mm-hmm. So it, it's, it's always been in my mind of the possibility of doing it. Um, yeah, but I would say that, that Nick taking his life, my older brother, we were super close. He was only 15 months older than me. So, um, so when he took his life, passed away, killed himself, whatever you want to say, it kind of, it definitely shocked me big time. Um, and a lot of processing and I, you know, I probably still haven't processed it. Um, how long that happened? Oh, when I was, I was, um, 19, it was in March, March 8th, 2000. Oh, wow. So, yeah, I was That's 19. He was 20. Um, yeah, so I, you know, I didn't know what I was doing. I was be- just barely graduated high school. Yeah. I was. Uh, what, yeah. Did you, what did you want to do back then? Uh, actually, I was, I wanted to be a stockbroker. I was in a mentorship program in high school where, like, you pick someone from the local community. Uh, mm-hmm. I wanted to be a stockbroker, so I got hooked up with a stockbroker. I'm just fascinated by numbers. Yeah. Um, and just research as well. So it's cool to like research companies and figure out numbers. And um, so, yeah, I wanted to be a stockbroker. And then I was super into basketball. So I played um, played a lot of basketball growing up. Played like AAU, high school. And then I played junior college and basically played basketball and drank. And then my brother killed himself. And then I dropped out of college and a couple of years of depression and was he was older than you? Yeah, he was older. Okay. Yeah, what yeah. did you guys like I mean, leading up to that point when he did take his life, was there anything that like gave you um kind of like an inkling or something that would, you know, kind of was the, were there signs that he might kill him? Yeah. Um yeah, for sure. 
he was um was he depressed did he go yeah i mean we therapy we grew up in a small town of like three thousand people and um my family's pretty athletic so we played sports but we hung out with like mostly the bad kids or like the skater kids Mm -hmm. so we definitely like dabbled in drugs and my brother ran away when he was 15 and joined a gang um and you know there's gangs in wisconsin yeah there's gangs. In, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm sorry no, that's, yeah, there's gangs i'm in just surprised yeah there's a lot of gangs and chi- big gangs in chicago and like the oh they okay recruit, okay i believe that yeah yeah, recruited, that yeah. yeah so they, they they took you guys in and um okay well him specifically and um yeah was he ran he... away from home for a couple years and was like selling coke and like got caught like breaking into cars went to jail and um yeah he got in with the wrong crowd and basically like when he was in jail, he, I was one of the only people he'd talk to when he was in jail. Like he wouldn't talk to my parents. My, my younger brother is four years younger than me. So, um, like three, four years younger. So he wouldn't talk to him about stuff cause he was too young. So he would like tell me everything that he was doing. Um, I mean, he took me to a party like this gangster party and, uh, I was 16 and the guy just had coolers of beer and he's like, just, yeah, just drink whatever you want. And they were talking about like planning a robbery Oh my like stealing cars and i was just sitting there like oh uh-huh, yeah cool cool i was just like i was like the bad jock you know like who drank and smoked but like i i wasn't gonna go that far you into felt it. so out of place i felt out of place yeah. for sure but i was yeah. just like wow this is like a whole world that i'm not aware of and like and like nick would just look at me like my brother like just like yeah just you know just you be cool just, just be, be cool calm. like yeah. you see and you hear but like yeah you don't but say, don't don't take it in don't you don't pay say attention. nothing yeah. like he knew i knew what was going on and like i later sold drugs for him um, but yeah, it's like, this is what's going on. But he definitely realized that he made a lot of like life mistakes. And yeah, when he was in jail, he said, you know, a lot of my friends that I thought were my friends were just like gang members that didn't check on me and like weren't there. And he's like, I, I kind of thought I had this other family, but it turns out they're not really the family I thought they were. Right. And like wanted to turn his life around. But then, um, he violated his probation, something stupid, and he thought he was going to go back to jail. And he, he like one of the things or reasons is he said, "I'm never going back to jail again." Um, so yeah, he took his life. I mean, there's multiple, obviously, a lot going on. Yeah. Um, so yeah, he, he definitely taught me a lot. Uh, I remember a couple weeks before he killed himself, he went down to Milwaukee uh, to like college parties. And he had like he had some gang tattoos on his he had on his hand and on his shoulder, and um, somebody saw him at this like frat party and like called him out, and he's like, "What's your name?" And he's like, "Nick Licky." My la- my last my real last name is Licky, and yeah. it's like hard to pronounce. And and the guy's like, "Well, that's a stupid name, whatever." And he's like, "You know, you don't disrespect my name or my family, or whatever." And they fought about it, and I like kind of teased him. I was like, "I was like, so you got in a huge fist fight because somebody made fun of your last name?" Yeah. He's like, "Yeah, I did," and I was like, "Well, that's kind of." kind of silly or whatever and he was just like you don't get it you know and i was like okay but um he definitely was kind of offended that i thought it was silly he stood up for the family name you know i was like you don't have to fight everybody yeah yeah no um, I, well i mean i i i get that i get that lifestyle you know because i have family members that are like that you know they're like yeah. that's disrespectful and i'm like sometimes it's not even worth sometimes fighting let it go, over. Yeah. like 
Um, yeah, but, exactly. Let go. Let go. That's what you have to learn how to do when it comes to certain things. But um, my friend who was there said it was the greatest fist fight he ever saw. They just like <laughs> beat the shit out he of each other. He was like, he's like, you know what? I think maybe we should uh, bet on this one. Um, did he win though? I mean, was uh, I mean, I think it was pretty much a draw. Um, I'm not sure if he won that one. Oh, but yeah, I've seen him knock out multiple people, and I've seen my little brother like break people's. Saw him break a guy's jaw, and then another guy who, another guy that I so went your to little your little brother my little brother was in it too. Um, he later we all kind of gravitated towards that group. I mm -hmm. like, I don't think like my younger brother was an officially in it or whatever. But yeah, um, he wasn't gang initiated just yet. Yeah, we like, uh, and I wasn't like either. I hung out with gangsters all the time, like for a couple years. Um, but yeah, somebody made fun of uh, my brother like killing himself. And my brother, my little brother knocked out like three of his teeth. Wow. So that was pretty funny. And then growing up in a small town, you see all these people, you know, like, yeah, you, you see him. So the, the next time you saw him, he's like, hey, how's your, how's your, uh, how's your and teeth? And he was whistling or? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Making fun of he him. He was whistling because, oh, what a piece of shit. I would have knocked his ass out too. Yeah, uh. it's weird. Like, see, that's something I will say for sure is like growing up in a small town. It's kind of like a huge stigma of like, oh, there's the guy whose brother killed himself, you know? Yeah. Like I definitely got a lot of those looks. Yeah. And like gossip, like you hear about Gossiping, gossip and yeah. stuff and um, like, oh, those, they're bad kids. Like something's wrong. Like his brother killed himself and like these guys are in trouble. Um and it's just like so close minded and small. And it's also funny that when people know that you're in trouble or you're a troubled kid and, mm -hmm. you know, like getting caught drinking and, or stealing or whatever it is, robbing or whatever. Yeah. Um, instead of like trying to help and ask what's wrong, they just like judge you and are just like, oh, that kid's bad news. Right. It's like, has anybody tried to talk to them? Yeah, exactly. Has anyone tried to help them? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I've. Uh I've experienced that too, but it was on a, it was on a different level, you know, cause I, I wasn't really a troubled child. Like I actually went to school and I did well and that kind of thing. So what was troubling was that they couldn't process that. Oh, you, you got all this going for you. Like what the fuck made you want to kill your, or uh, even attempt to try to take your life. And it's, it's, it's that, you know, it's like, why like living up to a standard? Yeah. You know? Well, I think you've talked about in your stand up like just a interesting relationship with your mom or like yeah a, yeah and then it's you know um like expectations yeah unrealistic expectations you know for for me or even any even for herself you know yeah and i've i've brought this up to her too um it's funny too because she'll be like i'm a winner in life and then i'll laugh at that i'm like no you're not bitch yeah. <laughs> like <laughs> my dad asked me like every year or two he's like when are you quitting acting when are you quitting comedy like i was on america's got talent and they came out here to watch and like i got i was a talking toilet who does impressions and yeah. like, i got booed by like three thousand people and my dad just like sat on the couch next to me after and he's just like how much longer are you gonna keep trying to do this acting thing oh my like, god like you know every couple of years how much money you make last year like all the time, I was just like, I don't know. One time, I made fifty grand for saying I like bacon, like <laughs> like one day. Yeah, yeah last year well, I got paid, yeah, like a thousand dollars just to touch a snake. Like, here's the thing: is that like when I first started doing stand up, to my mom would she's like, "Do you get paid for this?" I'm like, "Why does it always have to resort to that kind of thing?" I mean, yeah. no, I don't get. I'm not getting paid right now, but if you know, it does lead up to things, and. It's it's almost like, you know, we, we're the ones that have to prostitute ourselves out, you know, and I'm like, I'm not this is not what that is. 
You know, like th this at least feels a little bit more legitimate because I'm doing it on my own volition as opposed to what you wanted me to do. You know, what did your mom want you to do? My mom wanted me to be a doctor. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I heard. I, yeah, you, yeah. Went, you went to medical school. And for a bit. that's that's not. Yeah, you got to do what makes you happy. I mean, yeah. ultimately, that's I mean, I could have I could have taken over my dad's business and been very well off, you know, like mm -hmm. financially. But who cares? I didn't want to do that. You don't, um, you didn't, it's not, it's, it's just, it's hard. It's almost like when people are like, oh, you got to make what, what you got to do what makes you happy. But then when you're like, well, sometimes you didn't grow up with that identity where you're like, well, making me happy would be making my family happy. You know what I mean? But then it doesn't. Yeah. It's a, it's a balance for sure. Um, <laughs> I've been in like a bunch of sports commercials. And I'm like, I think though, like my dad, like, yeah, of course he loves sitting around with his golf buddies and like seeing me on TV on sports center. Mm -hmm. And, you know, like I was a spokesman for a, um, golf now for like two years and I did like seven commercials and my dad's huge in the golf. Yeah. I even have a joke about it. I was like, my dad loves golf. I wish yeah, I, yeah, I wish yeah. I was golf. I wish I was golf. Yeah, and then I, I always gets that. a big laugh. And, uh, but it's true. Like, you know, like, when it's going well, everybody's like, oh, my God, I'm so proud of you. Everything's yeah. amazing. And then when you don't. And then when it dips, when then you, people yeah. don't want to be there for you. Yeah, you know? exactly. And that's and then, just how it is. Yeah. And then that's kind of like when you when you know who your real friends are, the people that want to be there for you. My dad's not my friend. Regard no. Well, regardless. <laughs> no, you is. know what I mean? We do kind of have to have that relationship, though, with your kids after they get old. Yeah. I'm starting you know? to see his point of view for a while. Like, I have 13-year-old twins. Yeah. And I was a single dad of them for seven, year, seven eight years by myself. And um, I can definitely see, like, being annoyed if my kids, like, chose a career path where there's no guaranteed money and it's, like, extremely hard and competitive. It's like, hey, have you thought about maybe doing something else? Like, as you know, my day job now is a vintage store owner. Yeah. Um, which is great. Uh, and it's fun. So that's my day job. And then comedy acting is is uh, my passion, what I actually want to do. But um yeah, everybody has to wear different hats. When, everybody when, has to wear different when, hats. Yeah, when you're a comedian or when you're an actor, you always, like, people don't understand, like, yeah, you got to have multiple jobs, you know? And then that's also what makes you tired and make you not want to waste your time on bullshit, <laughs> you know? Because you're prioritizing that, okay, like, this is, this is what I care about. This is what I'm putting forward, you know? And then, like, all that other shit, like, just social and all that other aspect to it doesn't matter you know yeah it's what's important to you yeah. you gotta do it and um fuck them if they don't like it and at a certain point it's just got to be like do i want to do what i want or do i want to try to make other people happy exactly and every time i find whenever i try to make other people happy i end up it ends up costing harboring you. resentment yeah. and regretting it myself yeah um, absolutely i mean yeah. um yeah yeah so um I know that uh, you've also mentioned something about um, you getting uh, help for addiction, and uh, uh, kind of. Uh, well, I've been to therapy. Like, I never really took therapy for like my brother killed when my brother killed himself okay. in the Midwest. Like my dad, you don't talk about feelings. You know, like you know, he yeah, doesn't yeah, talk yeah, about yeah, feelings, yeah. whatever. Yeah, most men don't talk about their feelings. Yeah, <laughs> especially in the Midwest. I would, I think. Um, but yeah, we went to therapy once. Never went to therapy again until two years ago. Mm -hmm. my daughter was having a lot of issues so she had a therapist and then both my kids had a therapist and then I got a therapist and then I was in a therapist for my relationship with my partner mm -hmm. I literally had like more therapists than friends I had like five <laughs> different, 
five, <laughs> five different therapists, like every fucking day was like, they're time for therapy. And it was fucking insane. Yeah. It was so much therapy. And uh, finally now I'm down to, um, you're down I to three therapists. Now. No, I'm down <laughs> to one. I, ch I tried to fire my therapist last month because he's kind of like, well, you kind of like went through all the goals that we had. Oh. Um, so they made you, they forced you to graduate or no, I, I was going to, I tried to, like, I, I told him, I'm like, Hey, I think we're done. Cause we were just talking about, um, like my daughter lives with their mom now, yeah. uh, like an hour away. Um, so they're separated. My, my son and, and my daughter, that was a lot, like a lot of stuff. Like it was kind of, uh, sticky, Tumultu tumultuous, tumultuous yeah, situation yeah. for sure. Um, and then that led to me and my fiance having a lot of problems. Uh, also being in a two bedroom apartment with four people and two cats and at the beginning of the pandemic, I had a homeless stand-up comedian on my couch. So my fiance, I met her right before the pandemic. She moved into that oh, situation. No. Um, so there was a lot going on, but um, worked through it, and um, yeah, just a lot of a lot of those situations have been resolved. And so my therapist was like, "Well, like we've we've kind of been through this stuff that you're talking about, but we haven't talked about like my brother killing himself, like with my personal therapist. I haven't talked about like my dad issues." Um, which I've definitely come to a lot better terms with. I've just like, he can have his opinion. I have mine and like, I'm going to live my life. And, and I think he, I think my dad is starting to come around with like me having a really cool vintage store. Now we're opening up another location next month. I don't know if you knew that. No, it's no, going to be a vintage cool. mall. Yeah. We're renting out booths where people oh, will be cool. selling their stuff and it's going to be called catnip coalition and the proceeds <laughs> of the portion are going to help cats. Are you doing stand up there too? I don't think so. I not mean, yet. Not I mean, we haven't worked it out yet. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I have a monthly stand-up show at Yes Baby Vintage. Mm -hmm. uh, I'll keep doing that. Um, but yeah, so having multiple businesses, like I think my dad's starting to be like, okay, at least he's good with that if he keeps doing this acting comedy stuff, mm -hmm. whatever. But um, See, you know what I've also always like uh, wondered is why they worry so much, you know, and my mom and I know my mom was very direct about why she worried about me getting into something that wasn't going to help me financially. And she was like, it's because I don't want to take care of your fucking ass. Yeah. And I'm like, that's a nice way of putting it, mom. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, as a dad. I can tell you, like, especially as a single dad who struggled a ton financially, like, um, you know, some years I'd have five commercials on TV and I'd, I'd make like over a hundred thousand or something. Mm -hmm. And then the next year, nothing. And I'm like eking it out, like working five bar shifts a week. Yeah. Can't even pay the babysitter, like, and my bills, you know, like I went into credit card debt, didn't get child support the whole time. Yeah. Um, so it's tough. Um, I get it as a, as a, as a dad, it's like when I'm up to 18 years, I got five years left. Like, that's enough. Like, yeah, I've done a lot. Yeah. Um, so my dad's helped me out a couple times, and um, and hopefully he doesn't have to again financially. You know, because being a parent's not easy. Yeah. No, I understand that. I understand that. I understand that being a parent is uh, is not easy at all. But I don't. I don't think I've ever been in a position where I was like, "Well, you owe me this." You know yeah. what I mean? I'm like, that's. I said that that's just you, you know, you're, you're, that's you being a parent, you know, like yeah. I, I'm not saying you owe it to me, but at the same time, it's like, 
well, you know, maybe if you thought like 30 years ago about this, like, was it going to be easy for you? Because I know they nail it into my head. They're like, are you going to be able to take care of your kids? And I'm like, I don't have any. Why are you worried about that? Yeah. I know I'm not going to be able to take care of my kids. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not worried about it. I know there's no chance. Yeah. Can. Yeah. I know yeah. this. I know. Um, but I understand that, you know, I understand. I understand coming. Well, I mean, w they lived in a different uh, a different time where having kids was something that you did or you had to do to yeah. prove that you were responsible, you know. And now that's not the case anymore. Like, you can be irresponsible with kids, too, you know. Like, it doesn't, doesn't mean anything. But I, I just don't, you know. Like, I get it from your perspective. I get I, Yeah, I think yeah. it's definitely changing. Like, in Wisconsin, I have, I've had multiple friends who had kids when they were 16, yeah. 17, 18. Um you know who their kids are 25 now and it's crazy but and then you i drop my kids off in la at school and i see dads that are like 55 yeah it's like oh you had a kid or did you have a nurse yeah you know, like, yeah yeah like, oh, i'm getting old i need somebody to yeah, take care of me i'm exactly. gonna have a kid but um, i mean at least you can see that yeah that was a choice at that time you know it's a choice on their on their part you know so I mean, I'm, I'm understanding it from, like, all different kinds of aspects. You know, it's not easy being a father. It's just not easy just living, you know, yeah. anymore. It's just not easy living, you know. Like, oh, God, the price of breathing is going up. <laughs> Everything's crazy. Uh, I felt pretty proud of myself because on the way here, I got gas. And then I went to inside, and I filled up my water bottle for free. I was like, you know what? I just bought $40 of gas. I'm and they gave you they gave you they water for free. They didn't give me anything. I went and just filled it up on the fountain oh, machine. Okay. I just marched in there. You didn't even try to get like one of those free drinks. You're like, no, nah. I didn't. I, I didn't ask. I didn't do anything. I just I was like, you know what? I paid for that gas. Water should be free anyways. I'm gonna yeah. go fill this guy up. Was this at Arco? It, it was at Arco. Yeah, <laughs> like an hour north. Um, yeah, but yeah, yeah. So I mean. Everything is expensive. We're in like in a recession right now. It's crazy. Yeah, it's a it's three dollars for a sixteen ounce can of soda. I mean, I'm older than you. I remember when soda was fifty cents for a can of soda. I kind of remember when soda was like maybe in a gas station. Oh no, not like a two gas for station. One. No, but I I remember like two liters being like maybe a, between a dollar. a dollar and like seventy five cents. Yeah, now they're I like remember four that. And now dollars. It's I mean I don't even drink soda anymore, yeah. but like it doesn't even matter. You know, like I I think like. You know, they tell you, like, oh, you got to eat healthier. You mean you just don't eat? <laughs> just don't eat in general. And then you won't have to worry about eating unhealthy or healthy. Um, but, uh, yeah, I remember the first time I met you, uh, it was at your vintage store. Um, you gave me, like, three minutes. <laughs> okay. Oh, you, you just came to watch the show, maybe? No, it, it was because uh, of your host. She, we a mutual friend. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so... Um, Oh, but yeah, we didn't book you. You just came to the no, show to support. Yeah, I was like, yes. hey, do you want to do Yeah, it? I yeah, came yeah. to the show to support and gave me like three minutes. And then when I went up and talked about having a, a mental illness, having schizophrenia, you're like, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. All right. I get it. And then I saw oh, I like your that, set. Yeah. And, then <laughs> and then ever since then, I was just like, okay, cool. Yeah. We, we got to stick together. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We got to stick together outside of the hospital, outside of the... Um, the mental ward. I, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Have you ever been uh, in a, like, hospitalized? Yes. <gasps> yes, I have. Uh, I went, so when I was 19, 
I was caddying at uh, like a really nice golf course, Whistling Straits in Wisconsin. It's 10 minutes from where I grew Whistling up. Whistling what? Whistling Straits, it's called. Whistling Straits, yeah, what's that? Yeah, it's a, a major golf course. They have like oh, one okay. of the four, um, there's four majors in golf. Like they've had a couple there, like the PGA, uh-huh. the Ryder Cup, et cetera. But um, I caddied there at like a very high-end um, golf course. And then I moved to Florida like four months after my brother killed himself. I moved to Florida to caddy, and I was supposed to move with uh, a guy that I'd worked with all, all summer. I showed up at his house to drive to Florida that morning, and he's like, I can't go. I got a kid here. Like, my, my baby mama says I can't leave or I'm going to, like, lose custody or whatever. Mm-hmm. So I just, I just drove to Florida by myself, um, and I called my mom, like, after I was, like, eight hours away, and I was just like, yeah, um, I'm just by myself. My buddy I was supposed to go with. Um, canceled last minute and she's like oh my god you're by yourself like you can't handle this like this is not a good idea like you're in shock from your brother dying I'm like I, I don't know we'll see what happens and then my brother told me uh, he said never try cocaine um, you know like it was just something he told me uh, so I moved on to Florida uh, but did you do it though? yeah Oh no. I moved on to Florida <laughs> I met this girl who worked at Applebee's also turned out to be a stripper um, so she had a day job too. She was she had a passion and yeah, it. she had a passion. She <laughs> wanted to strip for that money. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I dated I dated her, moved in with her, and it turns out she had a coke problem. And so I tried coke. I don't even know how many times I did it because like I kind of like went through a psychos- psychosis period. Yeah. But um, I don't think it was a ton. But I just had so much mental stuff going on. So I basically lo- I did coke a bit for a couple weeks, stopped, lost my mind. Um, I literally thought I was like a prophet or something for a while. Mm-hmm. They, they, and I went to a church and I, I got all my stuff, put all my possessions like outside the church. And I was just like, yeah, I'm going to stay here. And the security came and like, you got to get out of here. You can't be here. And I was like, this is God's property. You're like, no, we own this property. And I was like, you can't own land. Only God can own land. Like it's just a man-made thing. And like, they're just like, you're crazy, buddy. I've heard people that, that have gone in the hospital like that. So they took yeah. me to the mental ward and, um, and, uh, like three, four days later, my dad flew down and picked me up and mm-hmm. took me back to Wisconsin. And, uh, yeah, so I was in the mental hospital for like four days, something like that. Oh, okay. And then after that, um, was that just one time? Yeah, just one oh, time. Okay. Yeah. Did they give you the, the initiative socks with the stickies? And the yeah, <laughs> nice, nice socks. You can walk anywhere in those socks. I, I love them. They gave you um, the size. You still have them. I don't still have oh, them, but um, okay. yeah, that was 22 years ago, so. Oh, okay, that makes yeah, sense. But yeah, but they're nice, that was, though. That was I remember nice. the last time my brother went to jail, I was like, I'm going to wear these socks a little bit. Like, my younger <laughs> brother's like, these are pretty good socks. Um, So, like, your mom was like, oh, maybe you're just in shock from when your brother uh, killed himself. Um, That made me think of what you said earlier, where your brother is a gangster. I mean, and then you said how like people would look at your family shamefully because you lived in a small town was, was his death worse? Like the fact that he killed himself was that that bring more shame to your family than the fact that he was a a gangster too. Yeah, I think so for sure. I mean, um, so they would rather him just be out slanging drugs instead of actually well, he, killing so himself. So my this town of three thousand people, uh, next to it, there's a town of Sheboygan. It's like sixty, seventy thousand. Mm-hmm. So he he ran away to Texas and then he moved back and lived in Sheboygan. So it was kind of like he's out of the orbit of this small town. So okay. like they knew he was getting in trouble, but not exactly what, except for like when he's in the newspaper, like g- yeah. gets caught doing this or whatever. Um, 
but yeah, I think definitely like when he when he took his life, everybody was just kind of like, oh, that's a like something's wrong with that family kind of thing. Mm. Um, and then, so you you guys were just labeled like bad, by yeah, like association, a, yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, and then after so after I had my mental breakdown where I thought I was like a prophet or Jesus or whatever the hell I was, um, that kind of like tried to be my brother for a while. Mm-hmm. Like I was, I rapped and I DJed and I, I fucking sold Coke for a couple of years. You, okay. Out of all that stuff that you said, rapping was the worst. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> Corey, you rapped. Yeah. Oh my God. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You rap. Was, was it where, did you make any good songs or? Uh, recorded a couple things. I used to like, I would freestyle like a ton, especially like just being gacked out of my skull on Coke. I would just be like, bah, 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 bah. <laughs> Um, for like hours at a time. And, um, yeah, I definitely like thought I was going to be Eminem for sure. <laughs> I was like, just go make room for one more white rapper. I'm coming. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> oh man. You, you definitely, you, instead of the eight mile, it was like the three inch mile. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I had turntables in my apartment. I had a, um, I had a spare room. It was about this size, like 10 feet by 12 feet, something. And that was like my party. That was one of my party rooms where mm-hmm. I'd like I'd have like after bars and sell coke and um, and then during the day I would just like play records and rap and yeah 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 yeah. But you don't you don't do that anymore, huh? What's that? Like you sell don't coke? Like, no yeah yeah exactly no, you don't do no. that anymore. I did I, that for you, like two, you, three you're years. like I still rap every now. <laughs> no, yeah, I mean I I will once in a while. Actually, I couldn't I couldn't. I couldn't listen to rap for over a decade because mm-hmm. it just brought back so many bad memories of oh, like, Oh really? Oh, that's so, Oh, that's I got bad. jumped like three, four times when I was selling drugs while um, you were listening to rap too, or <laughs> well, basically, I mean, I was hanging out with all these gangster dudes and like, just not like not fitting in, you know, like yeah. I didn't want to like, I'm not a fighter, you know, like I definitely could kick some major ass, but, uh, I just don't like hurting people. <laughs> I don't think it's cool. You're like, I could kick your ass, but I won't like it. You know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I didn't want funny. to. Okay. Um, I was too sensitive to be a drug dealer, at least a successful one. And then eventually I just started doing way too much drug, like way. You're like doing ethical drug dealing. Is that what you mean? Like sensitive for drug dealing? Oh no, I meant like sensitive, like to be like hanging out with these gangsters all the time. Oh, of just okay. like, we're going to go kick the, we're going to go do this. And it's like, I don't want to go rob somebody. Like I want to like write a poem, you know? <laughs> like, um, yeah, but once I started, once I started doing more drugs than selling them, I'm like, this, you, you got to get out of here. You know, mm-hmm. like this is, this you're wasting your life. This yeah. isn't you. Yeah. Um. And then yeah, so I was twenty. I was twenty two, twenty three, and I, and I was like, okay, by the time I'm twenty five, I'm gonna move to L A. So I, I got a job at a, a summer resort, like being a server, because I heard every actor is a is a either a waiter or bartender, which turns out to be true, basically. So I started working at uh, restaurants. I did that for two summers, and I was like, I'm not going to do Coke. So for two years, I didn't do Coke, and I worked in restaurants, getting ready to move out here. And, yeah, I moved out here when I was 24, went to the American Academy of Dramatic Arts, and um, the rest is still history in the making. (laughs) (laughs) The rest is still history in the making. I like Um, to say, um, you know, maybe you recognize me from commercials or not. I've definitely been in your house. But if you don't recognize me, um, if I don't make it as an actor, I'm going to blow up a building. Cool. <laughs> you yeah. will remember me. I hope so. No, that's a, no. That's a bad joke. No, um, no, I don't want you to blow up anybody. I, I mean, you're like, if I don't make it in your house, I will make it into your house eventually. Yeah, I'll make it in the newspaper. Yeah, I'll, I'll break into no, that's it. Just no. a, that's just a bad <laughs> joke. But, um, 
But yeah, so did okay. So you never went to um, you never went to therapy for the addictions for the oh um, I mean, definitely. I've always had like I've always been. I would say a heavy, sometimes problematic drinker is how I would describe it. Because mm-hmm. in Wisconsin, people just drink all the time basically they drink when they're bored yeah um every family outing it's like everybody's gonna have 10 drinks you know like that's kind of how it is and that's just normal um yeah if you're not drinking then then there's something wrong with you you're gonna die yeah Yeah. like you have a health problem that's when you don't drink. yeah my brother's been my younger brother's been sober now for about six years he he graduated all the way up to heroin um so that that wasn't fun and he lived through that yeah he lived through it now he's uh he has his own food truck and he's like super kick butt but, um, yeah, I would say I met my partner right before the pandemic, and I would, I would drink, like, on the weekends or after bartending shifts. But I had a rule. I would never drink, uh, never drink and drive. I would never be drunk in public. That was just a rule because, you know, being a comedian and whatever, it's a small community. So, like, right. you don't want to be a jerk or lose control of yourself. Yeah. Um, yeah that, but, I mean, that's funny that you say that because I think all the fights I've ever gotten into weren't when I was drunk. Yeah, during the <laughs> pandemic, I dr- we, me and my partner drank almost every day for the most part, and um, maybe half the time getting drunk. Mm-hmm. And that was the only time we'd f- like we'd fight. We'd fight a lot when we were drinking, and yeah, <laughs> I like to say we uh, we we had a game we'd play. Like some people play board games, we'd play um, get drunk and say the meanest thing you can about each oh other. Oh my god, is that roasting or? <laughs> yeah, it was kind of, it, yeah, basically like roasting like with someone who's not a comedian. Oh no. <laughs> And the, um, did it go well or what? Is I mean, I won, but I ended up being single for a little while. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you don't get into a roast battle with a comedian <laughs> if you're not a comedian. That's just a bad idea. You're like, I won, but I ended up being single yeah, afterwards. So I, I won, but I lost. I definitely, yeah, we were drunk and I just I just said the meanest things I could. And um, she's just like, you know what? Like, I, I want to take a break from this relationship, et cetera. Mm-hmm. So, um, so. Yeah, two days later, I stopped drinking, and that, that's been almost half a year now. I just haven't drank. So for me, I'm not, like, addicted to anything in particular. I'm addicted to everything. So, like, me stopping drinking was no problem. It was just, right. like, I'm not going to drink. Um, I do smoke a lot. I definitely have to – that's my next thing I have to quit. But, um, yeah, I used to run marathons. Like, I start running, be like, I'm going to run a marathon. Like, anything I do, I want to do it to the max. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't matter what it is. I'm just – I have an addictive personality. Oh, I wouldn't, I wouldn't necessarily kind of, I, I've, I've heard people say that, but I, I have the same thing, but I don't like saying it's an addictive personality. I think, uh, I think more so it's like, you're always chasing after something stressful to keep you because you're, you've uh, lived through trauma. Yeah. That's you know, that might that, be true too. And you're used to that traumatic experience pushing you. So you, it's almost like when, um, like when you're in a like a hurricane, you know, the calm before the storm, you're yeah. like, oh, no, there must be something wrong if nothing is going on, you know? Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. Yeah, so it's, 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 it's It's anxiety, definitely. It's, it's anxiety, but, like, we, I think it's anxiety that with, with layers, you know, like we haven't peeled off the layers to try to understand what the trigger is. You know, and I've I've like sat down because I sit down a lot and think about these. <laughs> no, that's great. Um, but you know, there's there's like things that I will see in my behavior where I'm like, am I doing this because I really enjoy it, or is it because there's something in me that's saying that you need to do this because you get some sort of thrill from it? You know, and at some point, 
when I no longer get that thrill or the initial, you know, like, uh, kind of fill of the, the reaction or whatever it is that yeah, I'm looking like for. Yeah, um, euphoria. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Dopamine. Yeah, yeah exactly. Rush, then I no longer want to do it, you know. And then that's when I started learning how to substitute um, behaviors or, or things where you get the natural dopamine where you're actually really working for it, you know, like working out yeah, and stand up or running. Yeah. Or yeah. Things that are actually difficult where you're like, yeah, if I keep doing this, then, you know, you build up to more, you know, healthier habits. Yeah. Why not do something productive instead of uh, yeah, tearing ex- myself down? Exactly. Like, right. How about that? That's an interesting idea. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so so it's, it's good. I mean, I think I, I'm, I'll probably go back to drinking at some point. Like, I don't know. <laughs> But like in a cat, like in, in a like a, in like way. a couple drinks here and there thing. Yeah. Um, or we'll or see, you know what? But there's nothing wrong with you no- knowing because I thought that I could do the same thing too with drinking, you know. And I know I can't. Yeah. But yeah. I, not even casually. Well, and I just keep it going because I have so many things that I want to do, mm-hmm. and it's like I don't need drinking or drugs or whatever to it is, slow to, you down to slow me down yeah. or take away my energy yeah um so that's why i've continued to not drink and that's why i will continue to for the foreseeable future is i have a lot of things that i want to do a lot of and it's there's just not enough time so why would i waste my time drinking right when you can use that energy yeah. for recovery because you do waste a lot of time trying to recover from doing drugs you do yeah. waste a lot of time yeah you waste time doing the drug and then you like i mean almost every day i'd be hung over to some degree yeah. Um, like not throwing up or anything, but just sluggish and foggy and then you're brain. Not, and then you're not making good decisions you're on top being, of that. Yeah. yeah, not being as good as you can be. So why would you do that to yourself? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, you know, sometimes um, I had a conversation with another comedian where he was talking about uh, how he's been sober for like 11 months and he just broke his sobriety because um, I guess – one of his friends died of um he had leukemia he had cancer okay and he recently just died but he didn't realize that he was also struggling with like mental health issues and he felt really bad because he was never there as a friend for Mm -hmm. him you know and um i say well you can't take that personally because i mean if if it would have happened regardless, you know, it would just yeah. it would have been of no of not your involvement, you know what I mean? And that's a that's a separate thing that goes on. Um but he the way he internalized it, his pain was by breaking his sobriety and then he's like, Well, if I'm gonna break my sobriety, I'm gonna just do ev- all the drugs that yeah. I that I quit. Yeah, so he was just like fucking doing ketamine and all and I was like, Whoa, I was like That's, that's- fun, yeah. I was like, I can't. No, I, I don't know. I don't know what that's like. Well, it's funny but you're talking about like bringing this up about like my friend died and I realized I should have been there. Like that's something that from working on material about my brother killing himself, mm-hmm. I spun that off into a joke of everybody loves you more when you're dead. Yeah. Like, you know, you see on Facebook like, oh my God, I miss my friend Brian yeah, so much. Yeah, exactly. I remember when we were young, we used to play dominoes. His mom would make us pizza. And it's like, you could have called Brian when he was strung out exactly, on heroin exactly. and said, hey, buddy, I love you and I want you to take care of yourself. So why not post about your friend exactly. like while he's alive yeah. instead of like anyone can post about their friend when they're dead. Like, oh, I miss my friend. But, and then they make it about themselves. Right. It's and like, look at me. I miss my friend. Exactly, I'm sad. Why don't you call your friend when he was alive and be a better friend? How about that? Yeah. But the thing Dummy. that the thing. Yeah, exactly. But the thing that that like made me cautious about it was that his way of coping was to do the very thing that made him a bad friend. Yeah. 
Yeah, exactly. And I was like, well, that's like self hatred, kind of. Yeah, like what I was like, what are you, before. what are you doing, dude? Yeah, you that's know, bad. like that's, you're not helping yourself. Why don't you go hang out with his mom or something? Yeah, or why don't you go and do something go, healthy for yourself? Go bring yourself. his mom a meatloaf yeah, and yeah. say, hey, you want to go for a walk? Yeah. I love that when also when somebody dies, they're like some guy you never see is like, well, let me know if I can do anything. Like, let me know if you need anything. It's like, oh yeah, I'm gonna take. I'm I'm uh, in tremendous pain right now from like losing my brother, my best friend. Oh, why don't I call Bob, the neighbor I see twice a year, and say, "Hey, Bob, you know what? Can you can you go get me some sodas? Just bring something over. Just yeah. just help. Let me know if you need anything. How about be assertive and help people? Or you know, <laughs> or if sometimes it's not even that. You people know, some, are crazy. Sometimes people just I don't know. They just I I think when someone's going through something difficult, I I would be like, okay, well, how much of my level of involvement was I already there? You know what I mean? Yeah. And if that even matters to some extent, you know, because I think when you're not already there, they're not going to miss your, your, your presence. Yeah. You know, and then for someone just to come out of the blue, they're like, oh, I see you're going through something difficult. Can I help? It's like, well, you weren't there first of all, you know, yeah, like just, it just, just leave a casserole yeah, on, the, on the. Yeah, it's just it's just a really weird approach. Just leave something. Yeah, just bring just something a really like, weird. Approach. That's a really nice thing to do is just like make a nice casserole, leave it on the porch and say from your neighbor thinking of you. Yeah. Like, I know we don't talk to each other, but here's yeah, something nice. Yeah, I did. yeah, I don't know. It's just it's find a way to be helpful. Yeah, it's just a um, really strange. Uh, death is strange. It is. It is. And we don't, I think we don't know how to deal with it. And everybody knows it's coming. That's the thing. Yeah. We don't know. Yeah. We don't know how to deal with it because I think we don't understand it. And obviously we don't understand it because nobody came out of it. <laughs> some, some drunk guy, uh, when I was doing like my comedy set about like my brother killing himself, or whatever, mm -hmm. I did like seven minutes on it, maybe longer because I did an hour. So yeah, I probably did about 10 minutes on death. And he came up to me crying after. Oh no. Um, he came up to me like kind of like yelling at me drunk. I'm just like, you don't talk about death. My dad just died. And this guy was like 65 years old. He's like, dude, your dad was what, 85 years old? And you're going to come like yelling at me drunk because your dad died so I can't talk about death? Like your dad was supposed to die. He's 85 years old. <laughs> like you should have been ready for that. Like I'm talking about my brother killing himself when he was 20 years old. That's a big difference. Like, yeah. So everybody get ready for people you love to die, okay? It's going to happen. Especially right. when they get old. Um, speaking of death, uh, this has brought the <laughs> <laughs> this has brought the end of this episode. <laughs> it's the death of the. Uh, this is the, the death of. Uh, no, this is not the death. This is only the beginning. Um, I like to end my sets on a, like I bring the I bring the room up and, and then, then you bring, bring it down, way down yeah. and be like good luck to the next guy. Yeah. Well, thank you, Corey, for doing this. I appreciate you. Hey, uh, thanks for having me. Yeah, you're welcome. And it's gonna be okay, everybody. Yeah, everyone. That's. I mean, regardless of what you're going through, what you experience, you guys just gotta realize, you know, uh, it's gonna be okay. We're going to get through things that we don't understand. <laughs> everything, will be in the everything will be okay in the end. If it's not okay, then it's not the end. Yeah, it's never the end. There's always a different kind of beginning. Thank you. Thank you, Corey. Thank hey, you. Thank All you. right. Thank you guys for listening. Thanks. <laughs>